live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. It was 1969, late winter, early spring. I was not quite 24 years old and I was stranded in St. Paul, Minnesota with my buddy, uh, Kenny Johnson. And one day when the weather finally thawed out a bit and the ice kind of melted off the streets and the sidewalks, we decided we had to get the hell out of the Midwest and get back to Monterey Peninsula where we really felt we belonged. So we packed up our gear and uh, headed out on the road and we started hitchhiking. And it took us six days to get from St. Paul to Rapid City, South Dakota. Now that's about <laughs> 600 miles. We spent a lot of time on the side of the road just watching the birds and the grass grow and stuff. Um, but no wonder, Kenny had red hair that was down to his shoulders and a big red bushy beard. And I had black frizzy hair that came down to my shoulders and a big black beard and I was carrying a guitar case with a guitar in it. And uh, you know, I don't think they saw too many hippies in those days in, in South Dakota. And in fact, there weren't even all that many cars in South Dakota. <laughs> so when we finally did get to Rapid City, our luck actually changed because nobody would give us a ride going west. We couldn't get to Wyoming or Montana, and finally we decided we would just take whatever ride came, and it was a ride heading south into the Bible Belt. So we're riding, and it, it took forever. To get through Nebraska and Kansas, it took days and days. We would spend, literally, we would spend a day and a half in one spot on the road, watch the sun come up and watch it go down. We got one ride of, of memory sort of pertinent to this story. There was a, a farmer who picked us up and, uh, in a flatbed truck. And, and all three of us were sitting in the front on the bench in the front. And, and we're riding along. And he's driving. And he keeps looking at us. I think he's like looking at the beards and the hair and wondering you know, <laughs> what kind of cult are these guys in. And finally, being the Bible Belt, he says, so what religion are you boys? And Kenny says, I'm Episcopalian, that's easy. And then I said, I'm Jewish. And the guy's eyes lit up and he said, oh. And he's driving and he takes this necklace off of his neck and he hands it over to me. And he says, here, young man, you, you take this. This is a St. Christopher's medal. He said, you wear that, it's gonna protect you and it's gonna guide you, it's gonna help you through your life. It's good protection. And I, I wow, that's fantastic, thank you so much. And I suddenly felt like here I was, I was a wandering Jew in the middle of middle America, and I was there by the auspices of some church and all the saints, and St. Christopher was you know, the one that I really knew. And I kept that thing actually for about three years, and it disappeared one day. Um, but uh, it, it made me feel like I was connected in some weird way to you know, all the people who wear St. Christopher's medals. Finally, we get to this little town in Kansas. And I'm telling you, many, many days, and this town is really, really little. And we get dropped off right by an ice cream parlor. So Kenny and I go in and we get our ice cream and we're standing there just looking like hell, I'm sure. And we're you know, <laughs> eating our ice cream. And in through two doors of this ice cream parlor walk two guys wearing full suits and fedoras. And you know immediately, these are not farmers. And they... <laughs> 
They walk right up to us, and one guy flips out his FBI badge and says, do you mind if we uh, ask you a few questions? Oh, not at all, sir. And so, you know, where are you coming from? Where are you going? Uh, what are you doing in these parts? What kind of work do you do? How old are you? And finally one says, uh, do you have some identification? I say, oh, yeah. And I take out my wallet, and there it is. Frank Engel, there's my picture. And I really wanted to add that I was wandering Jew in middle America under the auspices of St. Christopher, but you know, that was the kind of crap I used to do when I was that age. But, but since it was the FBI, I let it go. <laughs> so these guys finally left. They, they said, okay, just uh, make sure you're out of town before sunset. Okay. Well, right outside the ice cream parlor was a railroad yard. And you know, we thought, we thought about riding the rails. We didn't know anything about it at all, but we figured this was the time. So we walked over to the railroad yard and we're hiding behind this wall and uh, you know, just waiting for something to happen. We don't really know what. You know? And finally, a train starts to move and it's a freight train. And there's a big old boxcar with the doors wide open. And uh, we said, come on, let's go. So we're jogging along beside this, this railroad car, and I take my guitar, and I throw it up on top of the, on the, the, the floor of this boxcar, at which point I realized that the boxcar is like, you know, neck high, chin high, I mean, it's way the hell up there. And uh, we're moving along, and, I, and I'm committed. That's my guitar. So. I, I grab the, the iron rungs on this, on this car and I get myself up there and, and then I get Kenny's pack and he climbs up. We are moving. We're actually moving. We don't know if it's east, south, north, west. We have no idea. It doesn't matter. We're moving. We're on our way. And then down at the far end of, of, of this big old box car, it's kind of dim down there, we see a guy sitting down and he's sitting on a pile of cardboard and he's cooking. And we walk down there, we see he's cooking beans over a can of sterno and he's got this knit cap over his head. And uh, he says, man, sit down, boys. So we sat down <laughs> and he says, first thing I want to tell you is you don't jump on a moving train. You get on the train before it leaves the yard. <laughs> So the whole thing was really a learning experience. And then he went on to say, so uh, uh, I'm Burlington Bob, what's your name? And Kenny says, I'm Ken. And I said, I'm Frank. He says, no, 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 you, you need some real monikers. You need some monikers. And he looks at Kenny with his big fluffy red hair, you know, and he, and he looks down at his beans and the can of sterno and he looks up and he says, you. You are sterno red. And then he looks at me and he kind of strokes his beard and he says, and you, you're San Francisco Blackie. And it was like, wow. <laughs> and it was like the wandering Jew with a new name, San Francisco Blackie. This was fabulous because now I felt like I was, I was part of, of you know, the great brotherhood of wanderers and vagabonds all over the world. I mean, I was part of this movement. I liked this very much. And for the next two and a half to three weeks, Kenny and I 
rode the rails, and we went down to Denver and up through Thermopolis, Wyoming, and we kept stopping at these hobo camps, and we sat around campfires with people, and we shared wine, we shared food, we saw some, a couple of terrible fights, we saw a lot of loud arguments, there were people who were drunk, there were people who were, you know, off-center, a little unsteady, um, and there were some wonderful, wonderful, sweet people who, you know, offered all kinds of advice and suggestions and help. Uh, and finally, we head up through Wyoming up into Montana, and then we're going across Montana, and we go up over the mountains in Idaho, and, and finally we come down into uh, Palouse country of, of Washington, and it's, it's spring, and it's just gorgeous. And this train stops in Wishroom, Washington, which is just a little ways up the gorge. It's kind of a fun place to, to go and see uh, a short day's ride, not even a day. Um, anyway, the train stops, and Kenny and I jump out of our little boxcar, and we see all these hobos jumping out of boxcars all up and down the line, you know. <laughs> And, and they're all heading that way. They're going to some hobo camps. So Kenny and I start walking to the hobo camps and suddenly we hear, hey boys. We stop and we turn around and here's this guy and we figure it's the yard, the yard boss, the, they call him the bull, and that he's gonna grab us and throw us in jail. And, but he comes right over to us, he's wearing an engineer's cap and he, and he says, uh, where are you boys going? We said, well, we're going over to the hobo camp. And he says, no, nah, no, nah, you don't want to do that. You, you don't want to go over there. That's, that's dangerous. That's a bad place. That's not for you. That's not, not for you at all. Where are you coming from? And we proceed to tell him the story of you know, St. Paul and hitchhiking and the whole thing. And we're going to Monterey. And, and he, says, uh, he says, so what are your names anyway? <laughs> uh, and uh, Kenny says, well, I'm Sterno Red. And this guy's head just drops, you know, just, just like this. And, I, and while his head's down, I say, I'm San Francisco Blackie, and he starts shaking his head. And he comes up, he's got this absolutely beatific smile on his face, just beautiful. And he's shaking his head, and he's got this twinkle in his eye, and he says, no, no, you, you ain't that. You ain't that at all. And he says, Look at here. He says, that's no life for you. And he reaches in his pocket and he takes out a key. And he holds it out. And he kind of eyes me and I, I put my hand under it. He drops the key into my hand. He says, now, that building over there, that's the roundhouse. That's the yard roundhouse. He says, that's my house. But I live with my family a block up the street in town. I want you guys to go over there to that roundhouse and you take some showers, there's food in the refrigerator, there's food in the cupboards, you help yourself, there are a couple of beds, you clean up and you have yourselves a nice night's sleep. You stay away from them hobo jungles, that's no, no life for you. And that's what we did. Nine o'clock the next morning, he's knocking on the door of his own house and then he opens it up <laughs> and he comes in and he says, now fellas, he says, over there, that's track two, and there is a train that's leaving for Vancouver, Washington. And uh, it's leaving in 20 minutes. You get yourselves on that train, and it'll take you all the way to Vancouver. And once you get to Vancouver, you hitchhike all the way down to Monterey. You don't, you don't deal with these trains no more. It's a bad life. You don't want any part of it. And that's what we did. Now, 
Fast forward 50 years, I'm in a yoga class. <laughs> I'm in a yoga class and the teacher comes in and says, uh, I've got this practice I wanna share with you. So it goes like this, while you're doing your yoga, when you inhale, you say to yourself, Koham. And it's an inquiry. It's, it, it means, in Sanskrit, it means, who am I? And as you exhale, you say, Naaham. I am not that. Naaham. I am not that. So this is, you know, like no identification with anything. Who am I? I am not that. Naaham. And I did this for a while. I, I continue to do it. I like the practice. But after about three weeks, I started to think of all the things I was identifying with in my life, you know. And then I started to think about the names I'd had in my life. So, like when I was a little kid, you know, I was Frankie. You know, Frankie? Nah, um, I'm, I'm not Frankie. I, I actually have a couple cousins still call me that, but they don't know who I am, no. You know, it's like, nah, um. And then uh, Frankula, oh yeah, it's pe people in my family, Frankula. Uh, thank goodness they gave that one up. Naaham, I am not that. In elementary school, I was Franklin, and in junior high school, and even I knew, Naaham, I am not that. I didn't really like the name, you know. But when I got to junior, when I got to high school, the I was I was all these musician friends of mine gave me the name Franklin D, which I really liked a lot. It's a just kind of had poetry to it. It had bounce to it. And besides, I was actually named after Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But Franklin D, nah, um, I'm I'm not really Franklin D. And then I went on to have other names. You know, I in fact way back I was thinking three years after San Francisco Blackie, I was in a Sufi camp during the summer, and uh, the Sufi master. I had some time with him, and and he gave me a name, a Sufi name. He said, you know, you are Muhaba. And like, wow, Muhaba. And it's like opening the heart, you know, to God and the universe and all these, you know, spiritual things. And again, it was like I felt like totally connected in this new world to, you know, new thinking and new people. This was wonderful, but I never really practiced this stuff. So, you know, Muhaba, Naham, I am not that. I have, um, and then I was, you know, like more recently, I was given the name Paco Puente. I, had, we, I was part of a, a flamenco group. And I, it was a great name, Paco, and then it was you know, expanded to Paco Puente. And I was like, whoa, dude, I love this name. And I felt connected to, I, I'm not exactly sure what, you know, but, but it, it was really cool. Um, but Paco Puente, nah, I, I am not that, you know. And then uh, my sweetie calls me uh, uh, Frankie Aces sometime, which I really think is cute. I like it, you know, but I don't know exactly what that means. But, you know, Aces? Nah, I'm, I'm not that. My grandkids call me Budo. And it's only because they couldn't pronounce another word or something. And, and they're the only two people in the world who call me Budo, but, but am I Budo? Nah, I am not that. And then I thought about this guy in Wishram 50 years ago. And I can just see his face kind of lifting up with this big smile on his face, looking at me and saying, nah, nah, you ain't that. You ain't that at all. You know? Nah, um, you ain't that. And, I, and, I, you know, and then I started to think, well, who am I? 
I mean, who am I? I'm, I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that. All these names that I've had. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, these, all these names, these appellations and these things that people give you, they're like little blessings. And they become a part of you. They became a part of me. And so while I am none of these things, I am all of these things. And I'm so grateful to have had all these names and experiences in my life. Thank you. Yeah.